Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory. Proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. I'm John Bauer. We're joined by Dan LaMagna. What's up, Dan? Oh, guys, great to see you as always. It's just really a fun time right now. You know, cra- you know, football crazy and me's watching XFL football. My, my Arlington Renegades need to pick it up a little bit. My New York Rangers making moves at the trade deadline. My Phillies in spring training. But the reason we're here tonight, you know, is uh, to talk some dynasty football. I have been updating my organizational dysfunction rankings. I, I did all the like data and work. You'd be proud, JB, all the, all the, all the numbers of ever being crunch. I just got to re-rank them now and uh, watching rookie films, then looking for a uh, combine news coming up here. Yeah. The combine is upon us and we're going to kind of jump the gun a little bit and we'll talk about that here in a second, but we're also joined by Mitch Sorensen. What's up, Mitch? What's up? Today was fun in the discord because we had so many different hype pieces come out and so it's you know this is when the coaches will talk the gms get up there and talk and i i had a little post like brandon bean was up there and he the first thing he said was like hey we have confidence in gabe davis as our wide receiver too and i'm like well that's a bunch of bullcrap but then he was like james cook is gonna get a lot more run and i'm like no that i believe so yeah i think i'm just gonna believe whatever i want to this time of year Well, it's not only believing in what is said, but it does play an impact and have an impact on the market values within your your leagues, right? And I don't know about you guys, but across all of my leagues, and you know how many I'm in, but I'm not even seeing one completed trade a day. Not, Not from me, from everybody. It is a standstill right now. And a lot of it's because of the, obviously the rookie hype, but also NFL free agency. So like I said, we're going to jump the gun a little bit here. We're going to be discussing kind of a two plus week look ahead here, because I know it's going to be the week of free agency, which is Wednesday, March 15th. And everything is going to be, Acquire this player today before free agency starts. Get this player off your roster. So we are looking to get out ahead of it a little bit. And, you know, we talk about all these guys throughout the offseason up to this point, but focusing on the running back situation because it's going to be a crazy next few weeks. So while the combine is here, and I'm super excited about it, I, I cannot wait for the action, next week, is going to be our combine episode. And Dan, you you made some good points in the well, whoop, let Mitch and I decide if they're good points. But in our little <laughs> dynasty theory team chat that we have, we said, hey, should we talk about the combine a little bit tonight? And this is our way of getting around that and kind of talking about it a little bit. But Dan, we said Mitch asked you from a coaching perspective, do you think like, like, how does the combine play a role? And and you kind of came in from from negative town, which is normally like completely opposite. Because Mitch was even, I think, giving me a layup in the chat. He's like, "Yeah, this is where Dan normally talks about, you know, what the coaches are looking for." And I was like, "Eh, I'm not sure." You know, we're only like four minutes into this show, and just listen to both of you with your opening statements and in the intro, John. I have like. 10 different things on my mind right now, which tells you how much we love football and dynasty football. And we're grinding away at this. And, you know, Mitch is right. You know, the, the discord got hot today. I was really kind of enjoying the different hypes and rumors. And to me, it's like, there's a lot really going on in the national football league right now. Like these organizations are grinding, trying to find information. We're trying to sort through it to say, okay, what is applicable to what we're trying to accomplish as dynasty owners. And then, you know, JB, as we we wanted to talk combine and we're looking at running backs, yeah, the combine, I'm, I'm hearing a lot where, and I don't have the specific staffs and uh, coaching staffs in front of me, but there are a few that I know are just not attending. They may send some scouts, they'll have representation there, but there are coaches, head coaches that have nothing to do with this because they feel that they could do more 
in their own he- home headquarters than at the NFL draft because the format's changing. And I guess the NFL Players Association has a lot to do with that, where they're kind of pressing the way things are going for the players. Some of these workouts aren't till late in the evening. So if I'm like Coach Shanahan and normally I come there in the morning, like I'm not even seeing anything to the evening. And depending on what my team's drafting, it may not even matter to me because I'm going to see that guy at a pro day. I'm going to see him at a workout because I could get him in, in our headquarters and in, in an environment that we want to see versus the combine where, you know, uh, elite guys that know their status, they don't even have to work out. Yeah, not just elite guys, but even if you're if you're a little dinged up, we have a few running backs that have hamstring issues, Dwayne McBride. And then Zach Evans, they're not taking part in any of the on-field activities. But can you blame them? Your your draft capital, there there is weight put into the combine. Despite what Dan just said, there is an impact that it has. And everybody's always saying, you know, don't, don't really pay attention too much to it. Don't let it swing things for you one way or the other. And while that's true, if the information that presents itself is kind of already expected, you know, if uh, if Devin A. Shane goes out there and runs a four two eight, don't adjust based off of that when that should have been the expectation. So when I have my my rookie sheets going right and obviously very data driven, I have expectations in there, whether it's their height, weight, their 40 time, which then translate into their speed score. And then I have the different thresholds that I want to see. If there's no drastic change, my value isn't going to change. And that's the way it should be. But, uh, you know, so as much as people want to say the combine doesn't matter, I do believe that it has an impact on draft capital, which for a lot of people is the last piece of that puzzle whenever we're evaluating our rookies. Yeah, and I want to clarify too, JB, and the points I make with certain coaches or, or staffs not being there, I think we're just getting information differently now. You know, again, the, the teams are still invested, that data, those shuttle runs, those 40 times. I can't wait to break all that down and break the, you know, learn more about this rookie class. I think we're just also listening more carefully to, again, what's fluff and what's real coming out of that combine. Um, you know, not all these coaches are spending the same time this weekend as they are going to be at later times. Mitch, I'm putting you on the spot. Yep. And if you need a second to mentally prepare, I can Never. I can I can throw the conversation back to Dan. We could talk about the Texas Rangers or oh the New York Rangers. That's it. Come on. Jeez. Uh so who do you think is gonna pop out this this over the next week in the combine? Uh, say flowers without a doubt. Okay. I think he's gonna be a big riser in I think in mock drafts right now, you see him go in the second round. I think he's going to be firmly in the first round. Okay. And I really, so one of the things I really wanted to hit on just really quick before we got into the running backs this week was I think we're going to start to see quarterback hype after this week, whether I don't, I can't tell you if it's Stroud, if it's Levis, it's not going to be young because he's not going to throw. So he's going to be the one that's getting dumped on here for the next First, first yearable future until he actually throws at Alabama. So um, or maybe it's Anthony Richardson. But one of those guys is going to get hyped. And the reason why I wanted to bring it up is – Could be Hendon bring, Hooker. Yeah, could be Hendon Hooker, without yeah. a doubt. Well, no, wait. No, he won't he's be not, He's year. not taking part in the on-field yeah, stuff, no, but no, the won't. interviews and stuff like that. But we had a pretty heated debate this past week in the Discord about if the 2023 class is living up to the hype. And I would say if you looked at it last week, maybe not. I guarantee you, as soon as this combine is over, those values are going to shoot through the roof. Because there's going to be guys that we're not even talking about right now that mm-hmm. are going to gain value. And then we just haven't really talked about the quarterbacks yet and who's going to gain value. And I think after this weekend, we're going to see a big bump, whether it's Stroud or Levis or Richardson. And you made a really good point there, talking about, and I had the, the brain fart with Hooker, but... Uh, talking about how young is going to be the one that's probably going to get dunked on. Oh yeah. Just because he's not taking part. And we see that on the flip side, right? With the senior bowl, the shrine bowl, uh, even to a very minor degree, the NFL PA bowl, which I just learned about somewhat recently, but those are the guys that get the hype, the, that because they're taking part in those. And if you're an underclassman, that's declared, you're not invited to those bowls. So because of that, you kind of not not your value takes a hit, 
but the hype surrounding these other players, it builds while you're just kind of stagnant. So I think that's a really good point on the quarterbacks and who's do, even like you have Will Levis throw a bomb. Oh Don't my takes, God. Man. Oh my God. Dan, Dan's speechless. He's Dude, just that's so just like the running backs, man. We got to hit on these running backs. I mean, you know me. They could, the coach of me is going to like character right now. I don't know who's work, who has work ethic this weekend. I, I want to hear some like juicy tidbits from coaches or scouts or, you know, and try to learn more about these players. That's what I'm partially most excited about. And then, you know, we are going to get into running backs tonight, specifically NFL free agents, but we'll be looking at situations and there's going to be some rookies that I'm sure names may pop up as we look at options. But, you know, I think back to last year and JB. Who, who, who is our boy that we were high on and running back last year? Isaiah for... Spiller, not me. No, it wasn't even Spiller. Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. Oh, remember Kyron the Kyron Williams, Williams right. train? And then, then he, he ran, still like, the... hasn't finished his 40. He, he still hasn't finished it, you know? So, like, that is what I am really looking forward to, too, because there are some running backs that I'm really intrigued about and other positions. You know, I, I think tight end is, is more appealing than it was a year ago. So, you know, I want to see who's going to let us down, who's going to surprise us, but then what else could we learn about their character and work ethic? Yeah, I, I think the because a lot of the stuff that I do for rookies and Mitch, do you like the way the milk in this combine talk? Yeah, I'm you're gonna it. keep it going. I think you could do it for 30 more minutes. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll wrap this up here soon for Dan because he uh he's just so stoked to talk about these free agents. Uh but a lot of the stuff that I look at is threshold based in meeting these the different criteria and the different buckets. And we've done an episode of the pivot point on the dynasty theory, Patreon as little as five bucks a month that I went into great detail about what I'm looking at for each position and what's important to me, what those thresholds are. And I share all that information throughout the Patreon. But one name that I think is going to gain some steam based off of what we see at the combine is Keaton Mitchell. East Carolina, a producer, I, he's going to run a sub 440. All right. Um, You're going ocean bottom already, aren't you? But but this is my point. So I knew I had a larger point at play here. But I mentioned a guy like Keaton Mitchell. It's obviously not somebody, well, all of a sudden now he's going to be a first-round rookie pick. But I think what the combine does is it helps elevate the value until the NFL draft of those 23 second rounders. Oh, yeah. Because now we're, these names are popping up and these guys come to light that we really didn't think about as a community. Well, now as a manager, I'm thinking, okay, this is 24 players deep in my super flex tight end premium leagues. You know, you see uh, Washington uh, tight end just pop off the charts. You see Dalton Kincaid, do, do something here. Uh, and then obviously Michael Mayer, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> but you're going to see those 23 seconds rise in value. And I said until the NFL draft, because of course we're going to get some of these guys that, okay, you think they're going to get day two capital. And all of a sudden they slip into that dreaded day three, especially running back and wide receiver. And now, you see a little bit more clear separation between the early, mid, and certainly late 23 seconds. Dan, you were throwing a timeout at me. I was throwing, I was going to throw a challenge, John, but I want to give you a chance for a rebuttal. So I'm just going to go with a quick timeout and, and say, you saying the value of the second rounds, but as you named that ocean bottom draft running back, and I, and I say that because he, I, I have not gotten near reviewing him. Get um, there. I'm looking at my my early, very, very way too, you know, like early rankings almost. Um, and I'm I'm starting to see that vision of those second rounders that you're talking about. I have some guys that are falling in there, but that sounds more like a third rounder to me, JB. Like, a, you know, I, I don't know if we're at that second round value that. So I just want to clarify, I, I think maybe third round should be part of your, your vocabulary there. What we're discussing. And certainly because right now I have him, Keaton Mitchell, in that 307 tier. But – he's going to gain some steam because of the way I think he's going to perform it during this combine. And he's certainly a player that I'm going to be looking to target there. Uh, once we kind of get around to that middle of the third, as of now, as but, of February 28th. But what do you say that maybe the average dynasty owner may not even know who he is. They might be like, like he might just get into their third round at this point, and maybe we'll pick up enough steam for some to be in a conversation. Sure. I, again, I, I'm going I'm to have more of an opinion when I get to his game film, JB, and do do a little more digging. But he, he is he is far from my my second round radar at this point. This is why I love our Discord. I love our patrons. 
Greg is doing the work for us. Next yep. week, we got the show all locked and loaded. Greg in the chat says, maybe you do a post-combine show on the rookies. Who gained? Who fell? Where's the value based on unwarranted hype or less hype than deserved? Boom, Greg, book it. He's now our producer, I think. Thanks, Greg. I always <laughs> appreciate you. The, uh, the Bronco fan. Let's ride. All right, we're going to ride right into running back. Free agents. Dan, I got to start with you. The curse of playing basketball with Dan LaMagna. Leonard Fournette was is going to be released. But but maybe not a curse, maybe a blessing, because it sounds like he had requested to be released after the season ended. So Leonard Fournette, what's how's that going to shake out? Where's he going? And Rashad White, is he a buy? Are we looking to cash out high? What are we doing? Yeah, I love it. You know, like after John gave Mitch and I about 15 pages of show notes tonight, breaking down, you know, running back <laughs> scenarios, the uh, Fournette scoop came just maybe, I think a couple hours before our show. And I, I was lucky to caught it. And I think I put like a, a last second note in there. You know, for me, that's, again, that's the information we're looking for. We're figuring out and NFL teams are figuring out and we're just getting wind of it. Hey, what are they doing to get you know, to sign free agents, what direction are organizations going in? And I think the last episode of Dynasty Theory, we did touch on Tampa Bay a little bit where we said, hey, are they rebuilding? Or, you know, Kyle, if they go in Kyle Trask's direction, I think they really are rebuilding. Or, you know, do they try to reload somehow and get some veteran in there? To me, that's the first sign that they're probably rebuilding. Like, I, like I, I don't think you're, if you're competing, I think Lenny has value. I think he could still play. But if you're not in it to win it now, I don't see why you'd want to put, you know, put money on Leonard Fournette. So to me, when I look at, you know, running back rankings, I think, okay, now I'm watching to see where Lenny could go and where a good situation could be. And it's telling me, hey, they're 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 going Rashad White. It's his time to be the RB one in Tampa Bay there. So am I buying though, JB? That's a little tough for me because what, what's Tampa Bay going to project out to be the next two, three years? I don't have much of a vote of confidence in Kyle Trask, so I could see, you know, eight in the box next year in Tampa Bay. What are the dominoes that follow? Do they do something with Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? Like, if there's more dominoes that follow behind Lenny Fournette, I'm starting to feel a little less warm and fuzzy about the Bucks. But he's a young, talented running back that is going to get volume. So I'm not saying I'm out on him. I think there's potential there, but concerned about Tampa Bay. For me personally, I don't think it impacts Leonard Fournette too much from a value perspective. He's a 28-year-old running back, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's who he is. It's the nature of the beast. So whether he was going to remain in Tampa Bay or get an opportunity elsewhere, it, it's a, a lot of committees, the dreaded committee, okay? So I, I don't think we really need to be knocking, and this isn't specific to what Dan's comments were regarding Leonard Fournette, but I don't think we really need, well, he's going to be in a committee. Yeah, 85% of the backfields are going to be in a committee. Uh, but again, based on the the, what the reports were that Leonard Fournette requested this, $5 million in dead cap, $3.5 million in savings. So you, you eat the $5 million, you get a little closer towards the cap. And Mitch, you're always our cap go-to brainiac, but I don't think they're there yet. I no, don't think they're no, under. They won't be. Uh, but Rashad White, so does this impact his value at all? And is there a concern that maybe now because Fournette is gone, unless you can rely on the man, the myth, the legend, Keyshawn Vaughn is your number two, do they pursue somebody in the draft or look to add another veteran? Oh, someone's coming in. I, mean, I don't know who it is. The one reason why I talked up White a few weeks ago on the pod was because I think he he's going to give those cheap points. I don't think it's going to be a good team next year. And so I want the running back that's going to end up catching passes there. And I think Rashad White's going to be the one that does it. So that's why I was really high on getting him for that reason. But, you know, with Fournette, I really think he's going to go to a contender. So for me, I'm just going to say put him on the Eagles. We'll see him used as Miles Sanders was on the Eagles. And so maybe, maybe he has a little bit of a good season. But, yeah, I completely agree with you guys. Like if I'm a contender contender, then I'd be willing to acquire him. But if I'm not doing that, then there's probably no reason to even have him. 
Do I get another timeout? I got, I yeah, you have add, one want, more. You have one oh. more after this. So I, I want to add to that. So Rashad White, I like Mitch's point about the catches. You know, if he's getting the receptions, no matter what their offense is, he's probably going to score you points for Dynasty. And I think we're just going to want to watch closely how Tampa Bay's developing, what direction they're going in. Because now we, we also got to remember Tampa Bay's got some some coaching changes there. You know, this isn't uh, Byron Leftwich. You know, Tom Brady dump it down. Maybe those receptions go away. Um, you know, what kind of changes are going to be in the offense? So that leaves me with some questions there. And then with Lenny, now we know he's always going to have a place in my heart. So with that, he'll probably always have a place in my dynasty rosters. But if I take my heart out of it, I'm kind of out on Lenny right mm-hmm. now because the more I dive into this running back situation this year, it's a numbers game just like quarterbacks. And at the running back position, more than any other position, boy, do the owners have leverage. Like, I could go in any which direction I want and feel comfortable. The draft, free agency, get a bargain. Like, I'm curious how someone like Lenny handles this situation. Like, I would hope he's smart, signs somewhere quick, and we get an answer soon. But you get the feeling there's going to be one or two stubborn running backs out there that wait too long. And then all of a sudden, we're like, hey, why aren't they signing? Or they end up in not a great situation. Or, you know, I mean, his – his prime is over. I think there's still some good football left in him. I, I think he could help a dynasty team win for a year or two. But at some point, you're going to get stuck with him on your roster, and you're going to get nothing. I feel like there's always those running backs, too. And sometimes it pans out that they wait for an injury. You know, hey, I'm going to kick back and relax. And then when an injury happens, I'm going to, hey, I'm available. Okay? Um, but point. Rashad White, and there's, there's a comment in the chat from Nate. Does Rashad feel like he's getting more hype than than Cook right now out in Buffalo? Yeah, I think so. And even though we transition to Buffalo now, Devin Singletary, an impending free agent, you have to believe that they also look to bring somebody in. You also have Naheem Hines there, who clearly is a valuable asset from a special teams perspective you know, popping off, what, two touchdowns in one game last year once he went to Buffalo. But you would have to believe that they look to bolster that running back room, whether it's in the draft or free agency with all these guys we're talking about tonight. Or they maybe they do extend Devin Singletary. I don't think that's outside of the, the realm of possibility. But I, I, I think it makes sense for a few reasons that Rashad White is getting more hype than James Cook. We see the upside from a James Cook in Buffalo and the the receiving work being capped because of Josh Allen and the way that offense operates. But then exactly like Mitch talked about, Tampa Bay, especially if Kyle Trask is the quarterback, going to be looking for checkdowns most likely. Uh, we saw that offensive line because of injuries as the, the year progressed last year kind of take a hit. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. I'm looking at some of the comments here. Uh, but I, I think with the involvement in the passing game, Rashad White has that ceiling. So, you know, I'm thinking about those games that like Ramondre Stevenson last year would get those seven or eight catches for like 30 yards and you're in full PPR. You're like, that's great. That, that's fantastic. I, I love getting those one yard receptions. You're like, that's 1.1 point. Let's go. So I think it does make sense, but the way that things are going to change over the next two and a half weeks and even beyond that, Rashad White, he's going to see a spike in value. Even if you did anticipate and people believed that Leonard Fournette was going to be cut as this offseason progressed, now that it's going to be official, well, you're going to see a spike. Even if everybody wants to say, well, we believed it was going to happen, you're going to see it. And for me personally, his value isn't changing because just as quickly as Leonard Fournette is going to be released, like Mitch said, somebody else is going to come in. And boom, right away, most likely, it's going to hurt that value. So I think the Rashad White train, it's it's going to go a little too quickly for me. I, I think when you compare those two situations, Tampa, I have just a ton of questions on. I kind of want to watch that for a little while. If we go to Buffalo, I see a team that doesn't have a lot of salary cap room, has to figure out what they're going to do as far as re-signing free agents on defense. Like to me, if they're going to get another running back, it makes the most sense to be a rookie running back where you you could find a way to afford it. 
But I think they're all in on James Cook, and I think they're all in on Naheem Hines. And I don't think that really leaves much more excitement at the running back position there, unlike it did a year ago when we're like, oh, James Cook, that offense. You know, we saw a scenario. I think the the excitement in Buffalo is of getting a new running back is no longer there. But I think that's also why the the interest in James Cook is lacking. Even if they don't bring somebody in, it, it, the Rashad White hype is still certainly more. But again, I, I think maybe Upside. it's it's warranted, but it, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. I want to run through a few situations here. And you guys, you made fun of me. You yelled at me. You said, JB, Mitch, you said, John, you're getting the pizzas because we're going to be here for four hours. Yep. Let me run through some of the teams. And if if anything jumps out to you guys, stop me, and we can break it down a little bit further. But these are their current top two running backs under contract, okay? All right? I knew you were getting – as soon as you wrote them down, I'm like, I'm going to hear every single one of these players. You're going to hear podcast. every – but um, uh, but also, it's it's, a, it's for me, like, I, I like to see this. I like to visualize it. I'm ready, JB. I got the challenge flag now because I only have one timeout left. I highlighted, like, guys in red where I'm like, what is JB talking about here? He either omitted somebody or he's given someone the number two job. I, I don't know. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So, Carolina, Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear. Throw the challenge flag already. Do you think they're going to go with those backs? No, Raheem Blackshear. Look, current team, top running, top two running backs under contract. Those are the top two running backs under contract. Yeah, but like you're being technical here with this exercise. That's what I was thinking about as I went through this. Like, I'm not saying to acquire them. If anything, see if you if there's a market in your league. Oh, what? Chuba Hubbard's their running back one. Boom, Dude. out the door. Don't you think it would have been a better exercise? And, and, you know, in one minute you could say, hey, Dan, go pound sand. I just did a ton of work here. But until you say that, like, you know, wouldn't it be like Chuba Chuba number two, RB2 at best, and Blackshear just some ocean bottom, he might come into the equation. Shouldn't we be focusing more on who Carolina is going to get at running back? They need a feature back bad, and it's not not in-house. They don't have it. It doesn't exist in their building. You You just proved my point for me. This is why we're bringing these teams up. Because these okay. are the landing spots. Thank you. And anybody that's watching, uh, Dan, Mitch, I don't know if you watch Friends at all, but Dan, <laughs> you can take that exactly in the context. What you're talking about. That's, that's fair. That's fair. But you're saying we were agreeing, though, is what you're saying, ultimately. So I, I flag them with, like, double red bold in my notes here. With That is a prime landing spot. Yes, John. All right. So Carolina, then. Do any of these free agents end up there? Barkley. Jacobs and Mitch, let's start with you. Barkley, Jacobs, Sanders, Montgomery, Pollard, Hunt, Penny, da 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 da. Miles Sanders. Doesn't it kind of make all the sense in the world? Freak, right? I'm sure he was there when Sanders was drafted, right? Yeah. It, it would be super, super close. Maybe, probably. But no, I think that's just, that's a pretty easy one because I don't think they do have a fair, no, they actually have to clear up cap room if I remember right. Yeah, but yeah, you they know they, these they people. No, and that's what I wanted to talk about as far as the cap room goes. Everyone's going to say, the cap's not real. I mean, it's very true. Any team can sign any player they want. It's who they want to get after they sign the player that they want. It's, I mean, if Buccaneers want to go out and sign Saquon Barkley tomorrow, they, they'll figure it out. But they won't be able to bring anybody else in to fill the spots because he'll be taking up more of that cap room, right? So I'm just saying, like, if you look and see, hey, Panthers right now are three million under the over the cap. They, they'll clear it. It's not a big deal. But I think Miles Sanders really, really makes sense for them. Um, just, just a solid veteran to put there with whatever rookie quarterback they're going to end up having. Do we think you know? You, you look at my tiers, and there's a lot of guys in red, especially at the running back position. All there is one that is in green. And it's Miles Sanders. I, I we've seen two oh four for Miles Sanders go through. We, we've had people share it. I I've shared uh, a trade that I've seen. One of the rare trades I mentioned it. May, maybe one a day across my whole portfolio. But that that's that's a nice price point. Like I feel like just because the hold on, you're shaking your head. No, no, I'm just I'm because these guys. I'm agreeing are, and not agreeing. Just because the the rookies are coming in and all these free agents, it's not like the, the, the running backs are just boom, they're done. They're not going to be used <laughs> they're anymore. They're all gone. They're all gone. Forget about it. 
Like I, I think Miles Sanders, you know, Greg says in the chat, Sanders is the biggest range of outcomes for me at running back talented enough to be featured back, but not sure if he's perceived that way. He's certainly not perceived that way. And he is young enough and he, he's shown the talent. Yeah. I, I think to, to your Miles Sanders argument, when we look at your show notes tonight, John, you gave, you know, you had Barkley and Josh Jacobs, which I think are just the biggest names. And I, I think, and we're probably going to get to them, but to me, they're on my list of either they resign or franchise tag. And I, I feel the same with Tony Pollard. Yep. Then there's, then there's Miles Sanders and David Montgomery. That's my next category. Cause I think they're still in the prime of their career where they might get a few more dollars than the other running backs. After that, to me, it's all the same. Like, I just think it doesn't matter for probably, you know, maybe one guy sneaks up out of there. Maybe Damian Harris is still young, but I just think you could get any of them or you could get a rookie really cheap. So to the teams that have more salary cap space, you know, and, and Mitch is identifying Carolina as not being one of those teams. Maybe they're a little less likely to get a Miles Sanders than a team that could spend a few more dollars. Yeah, I would say I think it's pretty clear the top tier being Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. And Mitch, do you agree that Jacobs gets franchised? I think so. It's oh, let me go back to my notes. I actually had somewhere him going somewhere else. Oh, I had Josh Jacobs to Houston just because that's more fun, right? It's fun. It's fun. But no, I I agree. I can't see Saquon going anywhere else. I really think the Giants are going to work out a deal with them. Where's he going to go? That's the problem. Where's he going to go that they're going to pay him? Uh, Dan and I talked about this on our last episode about uh, the quarterbacks. So are you of the the belief that Daniel Jones gets a contract extension and they can franchise? What was that? Daniel David. Jones gets a franchise tag. I and then they it. extend Saquon Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge flags <laughs> everywhere. Tell me the team that's going to go out there and give Saquon $16 million a year. Dan, Dan <laughs> might crack open his piggy bank. I just, I just don't see, like, if I'm a coach or an owner, in, in the Giants we talked about, like, they have a history of overpaying. But mm-hmm. – Maybe they don't overpay here, but I just don't think you let Saquon Barkley leave your building. You know, at, at the worst case, you franchise, franchise and you get one more prime year out of him, and then you reevaluate next year. Just how do you lose Saquon Barkley if you're the Giants? And, and then Josh Jacobs, even more so. He was their entire offense last year. Um, it just, man, that, that's too young, too talented, too much of an integral part of their team, I, I think, to see him leaving town. All right. It's just a matter of the how-to. I think well, they try, they try the to come to the terms. And if for some reason they don't, they slap them with the franchise. Well, hopefully they do something because we're talking about the Giants. I couldn't even list two running backs they have under contract. So it is Gary Brightwell. That's it. So they don't have anybody under contract as well. They're just going to let Saquon walk and then bring in like three fresh people. I just don't see it happening. I think just – Thinking through it, I went through every single place that I could find a running back. <clears throat> Saquon just makes sense with the Giants. Hey, I okay. don't right. know who else is going to pay. That's my issue. I'll say the, the ref, you know, we might pick up the challenge flag. if Maybe if Mitch's point of them signing like three backs, if you look at Dayball's history with the Bills, they never really had a star back. Are they building it the same way as they were Buffalo? So, so maybe, Mitch, but, boy, he's just like generational talent. I just – he was so fun Nobody to watch with. Nobody he isn't. How do you let that go? How do you but let again, that, it, that it talent comes... to go? There's running backs, and then there's Barkley. It's just like this year's draft class. It's a talented class, but there's only one B. John Robinson. Like, that. that is special. Like, that can win football games. But again, it comes down to the big disagreement here is the way we see them handling Daniel Jones. We have Dan saying he's going to get extended last on our last episode. Mitch saying he's going to get franchise tagged. Mm-hmm. I say see none of the above. So then they're going to sign Saquon because they have all the money. But they'll they'll slap him in the franchise tag if he's still there. See, this is the issue that I ran into Bijan. Right. So I did a mock draft today, and I did my best to try to put players where they should go. Try to do a mock draft and really find a spot for Bijan. There's someone that is going to be like, we're going to spend our first round pick on him. I got all the way down the Bengals because I'm like, well, they're probably a team that could do it. And I think that's the issue when I look for Saquon landing spots. It's who's going to shell out that much money right now. And the obviously the obvious landing spot still with the Giants. 
even if they sign, they could still franchise Daniel Jones and still sign Saquon. You make my heart happy there, Mitch, projecting Robinson to the Bengals, because that tells me I've got a chance in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me there's hope. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. One team, John. Where's he going? Falcons. Well, see, that's not there. That would be amazing. But And they have $66 million in cap space. They do. They do. They have a ton of cap space. Give Arthur Smith. Sorry, Tyler, but give uh give, give Smith his guy. Give him Saquon. Let's go. Yeah, I'm good with that one too. <laughs> All right. So, Nate's right in that chat, man. I will have a Bijan jersey on every episode, every day. I'll wear it to work. I won't even wash it if, if he goes to Dallas. The oh. one note though, glory. wherever Saquon goes, wherever he signed, wherever he's franchised, whatever happens, his value shouldn't shift at all. Where he is I'll... today is where he should be in August. So if you like Saquon as a running back, buy him today, buy him in a month, buy him in two months because his value should not change. With the We talk about how quickly things change from an NFL perspective. I don't think anything changes more quickly than running backs, especially in their second contract. Like these guys, let's say uh, we're talking about another free agent going somewhere. They very well could be cut after a year or two, most likely the way the the contract is structured, right? I mean, we look at Leonard Fournette. There's two years left in the contract. Uh, I actually had a note prior to the, the news coming out that next year made a whole lot of sense because it was like $2.5 million in dead cap, $8 million in savings, just made a ton of sense. And then, boom, they're like, oh, screw that idea. Uh, Dan... No, I, you know what? We're going to start with Mitch because the Philly hate's going to come out. Oh. Are you buying into Kenneth Gainwell having a larger role um, no. in Philadelphia? No. I don't I, care if Miles Sanders was there. You could tell me any running back's name. They're all going to split work there. That's how they've ran that team since before I can remember Darren Sproles' days. I, they're just never going to give one running back a ton of work, in my opinion. So I don't. Would you? Would you take an early third in a 12-team Superflex League for Kenneth Gainwell? No, because I think I could get more. I think I could probably late, get late a second? mid to late second. Yeah, Mid to yeah. late second. That's ambitious. Well, um, so I'm thinking in 14-team leagues. 12-team league, I'd still probably want like the 211, 212, somewhere around there. And I believe one of the polls that was posted on our Discord, part of the Dynasty Theory Patreon, as little as $5 a month. Uh, involved Kenneth Gainwell for one of those late seconds. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's an absolute smash. So uh, I, for the most part, I, I don't know that, you know, when we talked about the quarterbacks, I had a kind of rundown towards the end when Dan and I did the show. And it was like, okay, just really quickly, uh, this is how I see a value shift based on how free agency takes place. I don't know that any of the free agents themselves really see much of an impact in their dynasty value because of the, the age for a lot of them and the expectation. I also believe Tony Pollard gets franchise tagged. Um, you know, so let, let me touch on the Eagles there. You know, you, you're discriminating against me, John, thinking I would be biased. And, and I actually have a strong opinion on the, on the Eagles. Now, I could see them doing anything except for spending a lot of money. That's the only thing I can't see them doing on the on the free agent market. I think Ken, Kenneth Gainwell has a role on that team. I wouldn't be surprised if they re-signed Boston Scott. I see Trey Sermon in your notes, even though I'm not a believer. They are hanging on to him. Maybe, maybe he becomes like RB3 or 4 on that team. But I think there's some really good bargains at the running back position that I could see them getting into the mix and letting guys compete and then just doing the typical Philly carousel, which is kind of unattractive to us. Um, but, you know, a Dante Foreman, a Jamal Williams, a, you know, I don't know, pick the guy that fits their system that could be the RB1 and then they still use Gainwell and Boston Scott or whoever they decide in, in the same Philadelphia Eagle nature that they always do. Nick says any running back that signs with the Bills sees a higher value. I mean, if that were the case, we would have seen a higher value with Devin Singletary when he was a Bill. I I, I think depending on the running back, like I actually think Damien Harris is a nice, that would be a, a good landing spot, the Bills. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, 
even a Jamal Williams. I, I think that would make sense. I think he's back in Detroit. Don't don't worry. All right, I, think all right. He's I back got a little Detroit. worried there. <laughs> but Mitch, who again putting you on the spot? Yeah. Who is somebody that's not a free agent? They're going to remain with their team, but they're going to see a big hit. Oh Lord, that wasn't even fair. <sighs> I'm going DeAndre Swift. No. Yep. Dude. Why? So. Because everything you hear from the team is they hate the dude. And so, like, I think he's – I mean, put me on the spot so I could probably come up with a better name because I just kind of always default to the Detroit Lions player. But dude's going pretty high in drafts again. And I think the only reason is is because, like, well, you know, he caught the ball a few times this year. And, you know, he does have those really good splash plays. But – I just don't see him holding the value, man. Like, I am honestly trying to get off DeAndre Swift in every single one of my leagues that I can. Yeah, I I, uh, I had a few offers out and probably bought DeAndre Swift, I think, in one or two leagues, a little bit higher than I would have liked. Um, but again, because of the number of leagues, I'm not panicking mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, Dan, same question. Who takes a big hit for you? First, I want to comment on DeAndre Swift. I feel like he's becoming the Miles Sanders three running yeah. back system feature guy. Sometimes he has some splash games and we kind of like him. So like if we were doing a startup today, I would want to get him at like just some kind of value, but I probably wouldn't be able to get him as the value I'd want. So I'd, I'd be with you, Mitch, selling running back. That's going to take a hit. Um, I mean, I don't know. When I think of a running back that's going to take a hit, I, I feel like guys that already took a hit. Like, like I, I just think Alvin Kamara is like dead to me. And I, but I don't even know if that counter is a good example because well, he, yeah, he's not he's not the one taking the hit though. I know I got a better one. Like define this. Like, well, why are they taking a hit because of okay. someone else they okay. signed? Or... What's Najee... the episode about, Dan? Well, wait, wait, it's wait. about free agency. Uh, yes. blah, 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 blah. All right, Najee well, how... Harris, because the Steelers no. are going to bring someone in, dude. We've already seen his value drop because what was his backup's name? It's Jalen Warren, and I think they like yeah. Jalen Warren. I think that's going to be a, the, the two of them again. I actually, coming off the list, Frank, Najee Harris actually is somebody that I think is on the safer side, to be honest Safe, with you. You have him between RB12 and 15. He should be like RB30. Why is, why is Najee going to take a hit when he's good? He's their feature oh, back. Oh, he isn't good. That's the Jaylen... thing is he isn't good. He was good oh, because God. he got all of the production. He was there injured, and they had O-line issues. Did you he notice that? He doesn't catch the, the ball anymore. Zeke. He doesn't have explosive plays. He is like Zeke, but at Zeke's current age. I just thought, I thought there was an uptick in him when the O-line started to gel a little bit and Pittsburgh started to salvage their season and he got a little bit healthy there for a little while. I thought we saw a little like splashes where I think he could be a good fantasy producer for a few years. Maybe he's more like a, a Lenny Fournette. Um, you know, it's I don't think he's elite to your point, Mitch. Like he's not the Najee maybe we hoped he would be bell cow top tier, you know, elite running back, but I think he's a good fantasy football player to take in a startup. They're, they're not bringing in a, a free agent of uh, consequence. They're not t- wasting a day to pick on a running back. There's too many other issues to address. So uh, what was Jalen Warren? It was he, a, a day three pick. And yeah, I, I exactly. they like Jalen, but and they've but they already like put Jaylen, it in over Najee, but they, when well, Najee was with the li- can I get a freaking word in here? <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait a second. I barely Are you get saying talk. you don't get to talk it up on this show? Oh, man. We're, we're, we're uh, denting John's word count tonight. I know. <laughs> Listen, just can I just, just uninterrupted. No. I asked who was going to take a hit due to free agency, or, or I guess we could take it to the, the NFL draft. The Steelers are not going to go one of those two directions. So, sure, Jalen Warren is going to be involved, but is Najee Harris's value is not going to take a hit because of one of two things, free agency or the NFL draft. They're going to bring someone else in. No, they're not. I don't think Pittsburgh needs a running back. I even, it's, I'm starting to feel better about my Kamara pick there, honestly, because I think they do sign a free agent. You got a guy in legal trouble, a guy that there's, the rumors are he doesn't have work ethic anymore. The only other running back you put on the list under contract, John, is Dwayne Washington or whatever. That's There's nobody in, in New Orleans there. Like, they've got to figure something out at running back. And he's never been a bell cow to start with. But I, I think the best of him is done. Mitch, do you do you like the way Dan's phrase this? The other guy that you put down that's apparently under contract. Like, I'm making this up. 
But he's irrelevant. Dwayne Washington. I'm not even sure if that's a real person. Dwayne that's Washington. Nice. Create a character. Create yeah. a player. Is Dwayne Washington in in John Bowers' tears in in our Discord that we offer to our listeners? Is he even on a list? I want to know. Should be higher than Najee no. Harris. God, so he's irrelevant. He's a- uh, <laughs> I and I mentioned this with Atlanta. For me, it'd be Tyler Algier. I know. I know that there's the 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 tweets going around. Well, he was ranked sixth on PFF. Oh, the elusive rating. The, the elusive rating. He has this, that, and the other. I said, Mitch, to you in a DM, Latavius Murray was PFF's ninth graded running back this year. All right. So Tyler Algier, I think he exceeded expectations. He did a really nice job. It's him and Patterson. And then Arthur Smith, we, we want to get other running backs involved. We that that's the way. I mean, heck, uh in Seattle, they they're taught the, the day of the bell cow is pretty much done, you know. And that's even with your your man Kenneth Walker. But for me, it is going to be Tyler Algier. Just so many of these guys: Algier, Khalil Herbert, um, uh, the, 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 the Gainwell. We talked about. You could, I mean, even I love them, but you could do it with J.K. Dobbins. So many of these guys that if you can move off of for what you believe to be face value today, it, it's a it's a win because then you eliminate that risk. Is there risk with a draft pick? Certainly. Is there risk with other players that you might pivot to? Sure. But maybe you can pivot cross-positionally to a wide receiver. I hold that red flag. Uh, but you don't have to sit here over the next two months while free agency, the NFL draft, the depth of this rookie class coming in. So those are names that I we could say Javante Williams in Denver and Mitch that that hurts you because you said earlier today that you were so, so happy. Javante. Yeah, they said that he was going to be healthy for the start of the season. I'm like, that's all I need. All right, Dan, throw the flag. I, I got to throw, even throwing Denver as your next example, JP. Like I, I've there no threat there. You have Javante Williams, you have Chase Edmonds. These teams have certain needs, and I guess my issue with the Algier one is, I like your point in that. Hey, if if they did get another running back. If we're just betting on talent, I, I could see him being trumped, and then it would be an issue. My counter argument, and the reason I throw the challenge flag is, I don't. They they need so much help on defense, like so much help, and they need a quarterback. Like I don't think running backs a focus for them. And I think like for right now, they're saying, hey, let's give this rookie kid some more burn. We've got Cordell Patterson. Um, I just don't see him going in the direction running back. But if they did, then then I'd side with you. Mitch, what are your thoughts about what we see in New England? Ramondre Stevenson is he the guy. Um, and if you believe that, do you think Pierre Strong is a nice one-two punch there? So maybe then Pierre Strong becomes somebody that we should be looking to acquire. It's what they do, right? But they could also bring someone else in in the fourth or fifth round this year and take over Pierre Strong. But I do think, dude, I love Stevenson. Like, Dan was on him way early. I came on him way later, but... I'm happy to get as many shares as I did. He's just the guy right. He's to me, give me James White for the next three years. And I am more than happy with that with the price. Well, that you're James paying. White retired, so that's an issue. Thank I know, I know, I know Thank what you, you're John. saying. It was yeah. a joke. You're good, you're good, you're good. But I originally was thinking Devin Singletary is like the Patriots guy, but actually I really think he's gonna go to the Seahawks. Just just saying. I could see that. I mean, I again, all of these teams. Miami, Savon Ahmed is the only back under contract. Now, Dan, don't don't think I, I'm saying Ahmed's going to be a top 24 <laughs> back. Don't say that. Uh, Dan, 12-team Superflex, tight end premium league, 2 PPR. Would you trade your 109 for Ramondre Stevenson today? Oh, that 109's gone, baby. Whew, give me Stevenson in a heartbeat. Rich? It's so close right now for me. Because I would probably have- keep the 109 right now. Just mm. because I do think there's a chance that one of those quarterbacks is going to slip to the 109, one of the big four. And if that happens, I just have to take the quarterback at that point. Yeah. It's going to be really like I I have a feeling. What is he doing? What I, got I got questions. I got uh-huh. questions. Multiple questions. So for both of you. So question for JB is 
what exactly are we analyzing? Because I can't, I can't quite read you tonight, JB. <laughs> I feel like I've ruffled some feathers, but also we've brought up some good dialogue. You know, when you look at – who was the example you gave uh, with one running back there? Atlanta. So until draft day comes – and we talked at the beginning of the show of like not being trade activity. If we're looking to trade now today – my point is is strong with Atlanta is like I would bet on them not going to running back. So until draft day, I'm focusing on these ones that just look terrible, and I really think they're going to get a good running back. And then I think my question for Mitch is, if you're taking 109 you didn't, you didn't over, ask a question. Well, I guess my question to you is, <laughs> like you're worried about, are you worried about Algier just period? Like are you are you betting that like hey you would want to move Algier because you think he's not he's a guy in danger or should we put the brakes on that? That's where my challenge flag came in before, because until draft day, I think he has a little bit more of a solid situation than some of these other situations. And let me, I'm not saying dump these guys to dump them. And it's not necessarily anti Tyler Algier, but we see the way that some of these guys produce. And I see it in the chat. Don't worry, Greg, about Damian Pierce, kind of a similar situation, but you know, there certainly is risk with a lot of these backs that are younger that we, we want to buy into. And I say we, the dynasty community, but we want to buy into them because they are on the younger side and they did show promise their rookie year. For me, Mitch, do you think I could get 206 or 207 for Tyler Algier today? Oh, yeah. I would do that. Yeah. And I, I would do that. And I have some Tyler Algier shares. Um, I actually think he was one of my uh, higher rostered kind of like mid-second round running back last year. And then, well, JB, if you took him in the mid-second last year and he did so well, especially towards the end of the season, why are you looking to move out at the similar price? Because I, I start the show. I talked about the value of those seconds increasing here as we move along. I, I just... Uh, <laughs> I think I think if you have these rookies, oh yeah, there must be something good in the chat. Uh, ben in the chat says this show tonight is like playing a really loud first-person shooter game in an arcade, one of the ones where you sit in the car and the whole thing tilts and shakes. <laughs> good one, Ben. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Hey, get, get, getting us back on track, and then I, I want to get Mitch's question because we got to keep denting into your word card, word count average per show, JB. Um, so I, I want Mitch to get some extra words in tonight. But first, with Algier, I think that's where I was going. Yeah, if you have rookies this year in the second round that you grade higher than you had Algier graded last year, I would want that two hundred nine or whatever it was as well. And looking right now, I, th I think I do, JB. So I, I think I agree with you there. But then my question for Mitch is. If you're taking 109 before Stevenson, mm -hmm. does that mean your roster is either like not all in this year, kind of rebuilding, or is it the value of that quarterback position that you want to capitalize? Or do you just really love the, all of those big four this year? Because if I'm contending right now, like my, I went mm -hmm. so quick to say Stevenson because I'm thinking, hey, if I'm contending, I think he's one of the better running backs in fantasy football versus 109. I'm a little if you're at that point in the first round. Right. So I just like to build my super flex teams with three quarterbacks. And there's a lot of them that I only have two good starters that I could trust right now. And I honestly think there's just as good of a chance that Will Levis is as good of a pro as Bryce Young. And they're all, to me, they're all in the same bowl. And so if Will Levis is the one that ends up dropping and people are taking him, you know, at the 110, 111, which always happens whenever we get like, four quarterbacks going in the first round. One of them always ends up dropping. And so for me, I would rather not take the chance on Bryce Young early or CJ Stroud early. Give me Will Levis late. And so that's why keeping those 109s, 110s, 111, just for the next two months is good. And Because I really think at some point I can move Will Levis if I want to before the draft and pick up whatever running back we don't even know where they're starting. Maybe it's Miles Sanders. I'm like, you know what? I love Miles Sanders. I want to go in all this year. Here's Will Levis giving Miles Sanders plus something else. I think it's important for the listeners to hear the strategy behind it. If you have a lot of rosters too, Mitch, if one of your rosters has three quarterbacks already, are you loading up or then do you maybe take Stevenson? Team dependent, right? All right. Well, what if that team's just middling? Can't have Stevenson <laughs> on a middling team. 
And Maybe. I think worse in, in that situation specifically, and Dan, I, I I give you a hard time at that. I think there were great follow-up questions. But worst case scenario at 109, like we're gonna get, I I do believe we're gonna have the four quarterbacks go 107, 108. They'll be gone in most leagues, I, I believe, in 12 team super flex. Worst case scenario, you're gonna get your wide receiver three, which for a lot of people, that's one big tier. So maybe you get Quentin Johnston at, at 109 or Jordan Addison or JSN. Um, I, I can feel fairly confident in saying we're going to see between now and May 1st, we're going to see a third running back catapult up the, the rankings. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have Bijan, we're going to have Gibbs, and we're going to have Charbonnet, Tucker, whoever it may, you know, A-Chain whoever it might be is going to rise from a value perspective. So now there's a, there's a chance then that maybe that, that Levis does slip to one Oh nine. And you've again found that insulated value as opposed to sticking with Ramondre Stevenson. I I would take that one Oh nine. I don't think this is shocking to a lot of people, especially in the discord, but I would take that one Oh nine over Ramondre Stevenson because of the, those reasons that I, I mentioned there. So interesting. We, uh, I like the strategy, Lamont Stevenson. Hey, I want to say, though, to, our, to the chat there, I have evolved. This is neither a vape pen or an ink pen. It's just a pen. For, for our longtime <laughs> listeners, they will know. Anyone for the first time, I, I apologize. Yeah, the, the ink pen. I was like, what, what the hell? Ink pen? Uh, but one thing I, I want to say, because I'm looking at Tyler Algier on my tears. Just because I have a player specifically as a sell, and when I have a player as a sell, the market has a higher value than I currently have them, it's silly to ignore the current market values. So even though I might take 210, 211 over a Tyler Algier, early up to 206, 207, because I do believe that is a realistic range in value that that some people would be willing to invest in Algier especially with some of the, the hype and those, Oh, those PFF grades, Mitch, what are these faces you're making? I'm just looking at PFF grades right now for my final thought, to be honest with you. Don't get me going on PFF. <laughs> I'm thinking ahead, man. I'm think, I know. I, I, I saw it. Right. I'm like, yep. Got to move on from that one. Uh, any, uh, like this, this show could have gone for four hours. Uh, Joe Mixon, does he get cut quickly? Dan. Yep. Out. All right. Um, da, 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 da. Which is a great opportunity in Cincinnati. That team's a contender. Whoever goes there is a very attractive situation. I, uh, the Damian Pierce question, I think they go the route of a, um, like in this, this group here that I have, and I say it like everybody can see it. It's in my notes, so you can't see it. But like a, a, a Dearnish Johnson, um, so I, I could see that. Somebody that, that's a solid back, a solid depth back, but I, I do believe that Pierce still will have the opportunity. My worry is just how much is that offense really going to grow, even with the great Bryce Young, if he goes there, all five foot two of them. So any other comments here, Dan, Mitch, any other takes that you want to throw out there? Before the only thing I was going to add in is you wrote down Kareem Hunt, and I just wrote down I don't care. So because I had, I had to go back in and don't look. And had a look because I, he hasn't had over 500 yards. He had it once the last four years, 500 yards rushing. And it's like, people just want him to be a thing so bad. And like, dude's going to be 28 or 29 this upcoming season. Like it's okay. Just to be like, just another back, like no big deal. At this point in his career, can we say Kareem Hunt is going a very similar path to Duke Johnson was. Oh, yeah, like 100%. We, everybody, Duke, yeah. you know, a fantastic collegiate career. He was in Cleveland. He goes to the Texans. Maybe Kareem Hunt follows his footsteps and goes Cleveland okay, there to we Texans. Go. That's actually not bad. And maybe, maybe we'll care a little bit. Hey, with Kareem, eventually, you you know, you you leave your prime and that baggage matters a little bit more to NFL teams and, mm-hmm. and contracts and options. Um, so I, I think it's just a matter of time, but my, I think there's a lot of teams and to your point, JB, we could go on for a long time on the running backs. Cause there's a lot of different scenarios. Um, so 
keep listening to us. We're going to keep sorting through this weekly between the draft, the combine, the free agents, and uh, we'll help our listeners solve this uh, running back puzzle. Yeah, you might say the Kareem rises to the top. Final thoughts. So that was good, something. So good. I like it. All right, Dan, <laughs> let's make uh, Mitch wait a second here. Final thoughts for the 193rd time. What's up? I won't make uh, Mitch wait too long here. I just say, you know, as we soak up the combine information for the next week, be careful of the combine sources that are coming through. If for some reason you're not in our Discord, please hop in there as we will be identifying those reliable sources and have some great conversations this week as we dig into what we did not know about these NFL prospects. And I also have two dynasty leagues that I believe Mitch and John are in two that are looking for uh, that have a couple of orphans that are looking for teams. So if you want to join an existing league, just send either the three of us a DM and we'll give you some information. Mitch, what do you got? I'm just gonna say, go by Sam Howell. I wasn't on the show last week, so like Sam Howell. Wait, is the even guy with even, even with the stuff that came out today, yeah, it's fine. I'm, what the he's gonna have to try to earn it. Well, yeah, that's what every coach comes out and says. He's fine, but go by Sam Howell. So here's the reason why. Give a give, give us a price point. Um, I spent the two oh six on him today. He's more than happy to do it. So the rest of <laughs> Washington is actually built fairly well as a team right now. They have great wide receivers, uh, good running backs. Their defense is really good. They could improve the offensive line in the draft. And the truth is, by the time they pick, there isn't going to be a quarterback to take on the board. So I'm not worried about it at all. Oh, and one more quick point. I want to add this in. So to add a free agent and to guarantee them money, something you would have to do for a car or Rogers or whoever they bring in, you have to put that, guaranteed money in escrow right daniel steiner isn't spending another dime on this team <laughs> so i don't think we need to worry about there being another quarterback coming in because he was not going to let them spend any money to get another quarterback on this team okay it's a matter of time before jeff bezos owns the team yep. but my final thought i mean i'm not looking at the list of names here my final thought could go into a five-hour discussion okay. so if, if you want more discussion and talking points jump in the dynasty theory patreon for mitch Sorensen, dan lamagna i'm john bauer as always we are extremely grateful for everybody tuning in we'll catch you all next week peace